for what we know you will do here tonight. Thank you for the fragrance of your presence. Thank you for the fires of your presence that burn so brightly here tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we prepare ourselves tonight. We submit our hearts. We lay our lives on the altar. Please do with us what you have deemed fit to do here tonight. Touch us. Speak to us. Holy Spirit, comfort us. Challenge us. By any means necessary, sweet Holy Spirit, don't let us live here the same way we came. May the words that you speak so simply and so clearly sound so loudly in our spirits that none will live here confused. It will be clear what it is that you are telling every man to do. Let your instructions come like fire. Let them burn within our spirits. Let our souls find alignment. Let your words be like water to a thirsty man. That as we drink from your fountain tonight, Holy Spirit, we will find that which will make our souls glad. And when we are done tonight, sweet Holy Ghost, let Jesus be glorified. And let the Father be highly exalted. Thank you, Holy Ghost. In Jesus' awesome name, we have worshipped, we have prayed, and we have given thanks. Praise God. Hallelujah. Without doubt, the presence of God is heavy in our midst tonight. We thank him for always honoring us with his presence. So we trust the Lord that what it is he has proposed to do tonight, there will be no resistance in this house. In the name of Jesus. Real quick before we dive into the teaching, uh, just to remind us all about our building project. I have told us that it's a season of sacrifice. This next 12 months of 2024 is a season of sacrifice. We are stretching our faith. We are trusting the Lord that at least by December, we will no longer need to rent space for our Bible studies and we will be in our own building by the grace of God. And once you speak faith, you must move in the direction of your faith. And one of the ways you show that you believe God, that what he has said to us will come to pass, is that you give accordingly. So as God has blessed you, please join us in these labors 
and we trust that he will show all of us mercy in Jesus name and we said that you can give in whatever capacity but uh, we've also created a platform called project 750 where if the Lord has so blessed you and you know you have the capacity to make a sacrifice of one million naira towards the project then please join project 750 I want to salute brothers and sisters that have already started redeeming their pledge there are many in that group that have already started redeeming their pledge and because of their commitment and their sacrifice we have hope that the foundation which is about 40 million we will be able to begin by the first of february so please if you want to join that project 750 you can join if you are on site reach out to any of the pastors give them your whatsapp number and we'll add you to the project 750 whatsapp group but if you are following us online and you would like to be part of it you can go to www.rcnworry.org and fill the partnership form once you fill that form and you indicate that you want to partner we will get in touch with you you can redeem your vows immediately one million or you can spread it over a period and you that is saying but me i'm not in that category give as the lord has blessed you so preach to your neighbor say give as the lord has blessed you is it not good that we should build our own place when we build our own place, we trust God that it will be more comfortable and many more people will find space to join us. And we trust that God will show us mercy in Jesus' name. Are you ready tonight? Please remember that the last three days of our 40 days fast, remember, I want you to take this very, very seriously because I'm not doing that thing emotionally is by the instruction of the Lord. The last three days of our 40-day fast will be healing and deliverance. So 9th, 10th, and 11th of February, we are going to pray serious prayers of spiritual warfare. So if you have noticed patterns in your life, sicknesses that just came from nowhere, afflictions in your dreams, Prepare for those three days. I will give us marching orders as the Lord instructs me when we get closer. Please prepare for it and let's trust God to visit us in a mighty way. Praise God. We are still thinking if we will be able to get this venue for those three days so that everybody is comfortable. Because the tent might be too small. But whatever happens, we will let you know. Whether you are on site or online. Regardless of location, God will reach you in Jesus' name. Are you ready tonight? First Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. That's our pivot scripture. I'm going to be picking verses as the Lord moves us forward. Today, I hope to begin from verse 17, but we'll read from verse 13 just to remind us. And then... Thereafter, the last part should be the last Sunday of January, 
I should begin from verse 22 thereabout, and then we can tie up this series. Have you been blessed so far? The feedback has been tremendous, and we trust Jesus that we'll not just listen to good teaching, but we'll put to, to work and to practice the things that we have heard. So we began at verse 13, and we said, according to the teachings of Peter, Peter began to bring instruction to them that were pilgrims, Christians. These instructions were not given to people who were unbelievers. Peter was trying to bring perspective on how to conduct yourself, how to align yourself with the desires of God as long as you are a mortal in the visible realm. So it was on the basis of that he said, Therefore, get up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy how all your come. So Peter is saying to us that the way we model our lives in the visible realm is supposed to reveal a character of God. So in your conduct, in your conversations, in your behaviors, in your engagements with other mortals on the face of the earth, one testimony that should come from the mouths of men who have dealings with you is that this one is what? Holy. So in all your dealings, in all your conduct, in your dressing, in your eating, in your living, in how you work, in your relationships, the character of your perspectives, the character of your behavior, the character of your decisions, the character of the expression of your life should be the character of God that is what? Holy. And we have said to you repeatedly since we began this series that the thing that makes God God is his holiness. The Bible says he is glorious in holiness. Everything that makes God God. And I said to you that holy is not just clean. Holy is not just pure. Holy is different. Holy is separate. If you've been here long enough, I've told you that at the root of the word that is translated holy, if you do the etymology of that word, what it actually means, if you transliterate it, or if you translate it directly, it means to cut out from. That's what it means. So you cut out and you make separate. So God is in a class of his own. He's not like other gods. He's holy. Yes, he's clean, he's pure, he's uncontaminated, but he's separate, he's distinct. So Peter was saying, the proof that you have met Jesus, the proof that you have faith and you have hope that Jesus is going to appear again and you are going to be part of his family, is that you will conduct yourself in this corrupted and fallen world, world in the same character that God conducts himself. So you separate yourself. You have come out from the world. It must be obvious that you have become separate. So we need to see the holiness of God in your thinking. 
the way you think needs to be separate. In your behaviors, we need to see the holiness of God. In your dealings, don't be the kind of Christian that has a business and you are a thief. At the slightest opportunity, you are looking for means and ways to take advantage of people and manipul manipulate yourself to a place of perceived wealth and abundance. Don't be the kind of person that enters into a relationship and you cannot keep your hands off of the person you want to marry. Right now, we cannot trust two believers in courtship anymore because they will visit each other in the night and do strange things. And the fear of the Lord is not upon the tables of their heart. They can still come into the presence of the Lord and say they are lifting up holy hands. Because they don't care about mortal man. They know that mortal man can be deceived. Because mortal man is limited in his expression. Mortal man, except the Lord decides to provide him a disclosure. He cannot know what you are doing in your bedroom. Mm, in fact, Jeremiah was the one that revealed to us that the, the soul of man, which contains the heart of man, is deceitful above all things. And it is what? Desperately wicked. There's, there's a download of wickedness that came from the virus of corruption that Satan, I mean Adam, afflicted man with. It is natural for mortal man to be wicked. Wickedness is part of the DNA of mortal man. It's in his, in his, it's in his DNA. Deceitfulness is in his DNA. So he can hide in his room in the night and touch breasts and, and kiss and do all kinds of and even fornicate and then come to church and when they say lift up holy hands, he will do it without even a sense that he has done something wrong. He thinks that Christianity is acting. That when you get born again, you receive a script from heaven and you act a part that you are not supposed to be in real life. So many people are not real Christians because they are actors. They think that Christianity is performance. So just attend church daily. Be available for your pastor to send on errands. Sing songs that you don't mean. And then all of a sudden you will just wake up in glory and say hallelujah. Peter said, in all of your conduct, you need to be holy. So even when you are in a relationship, the laws have not changed. You are not prepared for sex until you are married. And you are not prepared for marriage until the Lord says so. When you enter into marriage, before you enter into marriage, the commandments of the Lord are still the same. Be ye what? Holy. Holy. So if I'm in a relationship, physical intimacy is not allowed until we marry. It's not allowed. But now we can't trust people anymore. In fact, you can't even trust young men with other older believers anymore because older believers now are preying on the innocence and the vulnerability of teenage boys and leading boys on the route of homosexuality. Lesbians are grooming other lesbians within our Christian space. There are things we cannot say on the pulpit because they will tell us we want to scatter the church. So the only way we can deal with it is that we have become burden bearers in intercession, begging God to deliver a generation. 
Some of you that are in church right now, you know that the affliction in your soul did not begin outside. It was a Christian that fondled you, that touched you, and led you in the journey of immorality. Because we have not learned how to be holy in all our conduct. So you can listen to a Christian talk and hear crass and crude jokes. He thinks that his talking does not matter. And that is the same mouth he wants to use to wake up in the night and say, any demon troubling my family. Even Satan knows that you are a joker. Your tongue is not even sanctified. That is the mouth you use to sing all kinds of carnal things. Talk anyhow. You know, they think that we are trying to make Christianity hard. It is until you have a spiritual condition and you are helpless. You try everything you know and you are helpless. You now realize that Christianity is not a joke. That when it comes to the dealings in the realm of the spirit, Satan does not compromise. And when, you, when you appear there, he will scan you to know whether you are of the breed that has authority and power to operate at that scale. Satan does not compromise. It's human beings that can make excuses and say all kinds of things and say, well, prayer is hard. So even if the person is not praying, we cannot drive, you can't throw away the baby with the bathwater. When it comes to the arena of spiritual warfare and you now want to lay demand on your inheritance in the spirit, Satan will now come and say, you are not qualified. I've taught you before that what Satan has attained, no mortal will attain it till they die. No mortal. Satan has stood in the very presence of God. He knows what holiness looks like. He has looked upon the beauty of his holiness, the glorious brightness of his glory. Satan knows what God smells like. So if you claim that you carry him and you appear before Satan, Satan will know that you are a fraud. He knows God. Satan knows God more than many believers. He knows God. He has been in the very presence of God. He knows the fragrance of that realm. You can't fake it before Satan. You can fake it before men. But before Satan, you will be vulnerable. You see, me, I've made up my mind I will not be a weak man. I was listening to my brother lead prayers. You see, what immorality does to you, he reduces you to a piece of bread. And he was using an analogy. Have you seen bread that they soak inside water before? Have you seen what it looks like? That bread that is ojile that used to pose on the, on the bread stand. When you see ojile bread and you put it, you put, for those watching online, ojile bread is, <laughs> is the biggest size of bread. Big, that's what they call it. Forgive me, forgive me. When you see that bread, it looks as if it is muscular. Its masculinity is revealed. Eh? But soak it into water. It looks like weak dodo. It will scatter. It becomes useless. Useless. That's how some people are attempting to confront Satan. Holiness, and I told you the call to be holy, is not a call to punishment. It's an invitation to intimacy. That is why we don't joke with holiness. It's an invitation. It's an access. God is saying, if you are going to operate like me in power, in glory and authority, the first requirement is that you must bear my character. If you are going to enjoy the benefits of your salvation, because the first benefit of your salvation is not a car, 
is not money, it's not breakthrough. The major benefit of your salvation is that you are now qualified to call him what? Father. The greatest benefit of your salvation is the restoration of your rights as a family member. You can now approach the throne of God boldly and call him what? Father. What Adam lost in the Garden of Eden was not his bank account. It was his fatherhood. Satan became the spiritual father of man. So when you get born again, God restores your fatherhood. And in the restoration of your fatherhood, he restores your right as a child in that family. But you cannot operate in that inheritance except you know the way of intimacy. You become one with God. And to become one with God, I told you that in the realm of the spirit, there is a law for fellowship. And that law is that for there to be fellowship, there must be compatibility. So if you are not holy, you cannot do business with a holy God. Are we together to that point? Next verse. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. So this is the journey we have taken so far. So verse 17. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here. How? In fear. A few things you need to notice about this scripture. One, one, one. This matter is a matter of family. If you call on who? The Father. So, in this series, we are not speaking to vagabonds. We are not speaking to bastards. We are not speaking to those who have not signed up to be part of his family. This series is not necessarily about sin and immorality, even though we will talk about sin and immorality. This series is about holiness. About your desires that might be legitimate, but the Father says is not good for you, for you. In a family, those of us who have children, ask Brother Daffy, ask all the married men. There are things that might be legal in other homes. You say, in my house, this is my house. Eh? Do you have those kind of laws? Yes. This, this, my house, this house, this house. Eh? If you, you, your friends in school are telling you they do that, in this house, it's not acceptable. So this is a house matter. And in the house, the father's word is law. You don't negotiate with father. So mother or auntie can say one or two things, but immediately I show up and I say, what was I doing there? From today, it no longer stays there. Father's word is what? It's law. So he says that if you call on the father, now he's saying that this is not, this is not about those who don't have a relationship with the father. That these matters we are discussing is for those who have realized that the one that they are dealing with is a family matter. Hmm? So if I have a child, I should be worried if the child is looking like my landlord. Are you aware? Uh-huh. If, if I have a child and I look at the child and the child does not bear a resemblance of me, I should be worried. That is how God looks at this generation. He's wondering... He's wondering, like, what do these people look like? They don't look like the apostles. They don't look like the apostolic fathers. They don't look like the old saints. 
They don't look like Jesus. But yet they name the name of the Lord. He now says, if you call on the Father. Second thing. He says that the, one of the core characteristics of the Father is that the Father is impartial. He says, he is without what? Partiality. The Father is impartial. This is why the Bible says that he is not a respecter of persons. God is impartial. Have you read that parable in, in Matthew, Mark and, and, and Luke? Where the Bible says that he went out at a certain hour of the day to recruit men into his vineyard. Have you read that parable? So early in the morning, he went to recruit the first set of men and he said to them that by the time the end of the day comes, I will give to you whatsoever I deem fit. Are you with me? Abi, did he give them a figure? Huh? One penny. He gave them a figure now, yes. The first set, he told them that he will give them a certain amount of money. Now, after that first set, he started going for the next set. And everyone after that, he told them, whenever you arrive, I'll give you whatever I deem fit. Now, at the end of the day, when he began to pay his laborers, the first set now came. And they were, so, they were expecting that they were going to get more than the other set. And Jesus, being who he is, he gave everybody equally. Hmm? Because that parable is a parable about Jesus. About a judge rewarding his people. He gave everybody equally. So the first set now said, Ah, we that bought the heat of the day from morning to night, how come you are giving us one penny? Like you are giving to all the rest. And Jesus said, Is that not what I agreed with you from the beginning? So don't make it look as if I have done something terrible to you. Was it not our agreement? Why are you just assuming that because you have borne the heat of the day, I should suddenly change what we agreed? Are you with me? So God is not partial. He rewards, he judges according to each one's work. He is not a partial judge. He's not partial. So what that means is, when you appear before God, God is not mistaking. God is not going to make errors. How you conducted yourself in this realm has already guaranteed how you will be received on the other side. How you conducted yourself. The third thing you see there is the one who is father is also a judge. A judge. And in judging everyone according to their work will be measured. To judge here is to measure. So everything that you conduct in the physical realm, everything that you do in the physical realm, the father is also going to measure it. So whether you did it in secret, whether you did it in the open, whether your pastor was aware, your wife was aware, your sister was aware or not, you are going to appear before one that can discern the intents and the thoughts of a man's heart. You don't know God. <laughs> you know when you do something, when you do something to a man, a man can be fooled by your physical actions. 
and think that you are coming near him because you love him genuinely. Are you with me? But when God wants to weigh you, he weighs your intents and your thoughts. So he checks motive. So a married sister is drumming close to a brother. And then you that is afar, you look at it and you say, Sister, you are married. This relationship is indecent. It's not, it doesn't look right. Then the sister gets angry and says, Sir, I don't like the way you are judging me. Please, please, please. I'm a married woman. I carry myself with dignity. Levula. Meanwhile, it is possible that in, in her heart, a seed of lust has been sown. And she's servicing that relationship on the basis of that seed. The pastor can be deceived. The judge is impartial. When he's, going to, when he's going to check that conduct, he's not going to check just your physical actions. He's going to weigh your motives. You know the way man is designed. Man is such a fantastic being. The Bible calls us God's workmanship. Man can be in a physical location and his mind is in another place. The mind of man is so developed, his imaginations are very potent. So the Bible says that God has capacity to do for you above what you ask or what? Or think. That's how potent your mind is. So a man can be here, eh? even in Bible study now, and then he's seeing breast. He has traveled to a place where he's fornicating. And he's, everything is happening in his mind. This is why God said, adultery is not just to remove your boxers in the new covenant. That if you look at a woman lustfully, because your imagination is potent. What you do in your mind is as powerful as what you do with your life. So adultery is not just the physical act. It is thinking about it. So Peter was saying that if you know the father like this, you know that he is father, you know that he's a judge, and you know that this judge is impartial. How do you now conduct yourself? He said, conduct yourself with what? With fear. <laughs> with fear. Ooh, the one you are dealing with, you can't deceive him. Hmm? You can't deceive him. He knows you, you, he knows, he knows the cravings in your heart that are powered by Satan. He knows. A guy came on Twitter and then he began a thesis. You know, sanctimonious and pious people know how to stir people's emotions. He began a thesis. He said, I am a Christian, Oliver and I. He said, but... There is no way I am going to get married without cohabiting with the sister first. Oh, yes. How did he begin? I am a what? You know the problem? We don't know who a Christian is. And then when people came and said, Oga, cohabiting is fornication. He said, that's not what I mean. I don't mean that the lady will come and stay in my house. I mean she will be coming some weekends. Jada Bosch. 
He said, how can I marry somebody I have not seen? I want to see her when she wakes up. I want to see her without the makeup. I want to see how she behaves around the house. It sounds very sweet. It's the craving of a heart that does not know that in this kingdom you have a father and his words are what? Lord. You don't argue it. I told you that when he gives you laws and he gives you commandments, it's an act of love. It's an act of wisdom. It's an act of mercy. He knows that that is the only way to protect and to preserve your soul. So you should come and wear your t-shirt. Cook in your kitchen. Meanwhile, you are a scientist. You are an observer. You are conducting research. You are trying to write your PhD thesis. Your master's project is discover Irene before I marry her. So she has to come and do IT in your house. After she has washed the pot, you say, ah. And so you go to the wash pot for me. You know, Sabi wash pot. Then, when she has done IT to a certain point, you will now, you will also check. Because you need to find out if both of you are sexually compatible. Because there are people who have colors and who have titles who are teaching that part of the things that are important for the survival of a marriage is sexual compatibility. So don't marry somebody that you are not sexually compatible with. So how am I going to check if she does not come to do weekend? So we need to check. We need to check whether she has prowess in delivering sexual satisfaction. Then when we check and we are not satisfied, we now drive Irene and bring in Amaka for another specimen check. Because you have to have enough statistics to be able to write your thesis. I don't have problem with the foolish boys that do it. It's the sisters that speak in tongues on Sunday that carry their bag. So where are you going? To my fiance's house to have weekend. My God! My God! And, and she speaks in tongues. Then other sisters that speak in tongues will come on down and say, God went. God went. They are talking about immorality and they are waiting for their turn. There is a long line <laughs> to enter immorality. The problem is that they don't know that. Peter said, throughout, give me an LT. He says, throughout your pilgrimage here, conduct your life how? In fear. There are things that you don't even know that the judge is looking at right now. If he doesn't show you mercy and highlight it, you might be in trouble. That's why men like David said, they prayed, they said, search me. Search me, Lord. See if there be any wicked way and then lead me on the path, what? Everlasting. He says, and remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no what? He will judge or reward you according to what? So you must leave out reverent fear of him during your time as what? This is where I want to begin tonight. You see? The problem with the Christian is 
We do not understand what is the end of the Christian life. What does God have in mind? What is the purpose of Christianity? The Christian does not know. Right now in modern day Christianity, we think that Christianity is an escape from poverty. So if you don't want to suffer, get born again. And then every day of your life, keep begging God to open a door and give you money. Take away poverty. Does God bless men? Yes. But that's not the goal of the Christian life. That's not the purpose for Christianity. Some people even think that the purpose of Christianity is for God to show power. To heal the sick. To raise the dead. Just do Bible study and you will find out that before Jesus came, miracles were already happening. Great, powerful miracles. Some people think that the goal of Christianity is to escape to heaven. So they have, they, they have planned in their minds that they want to do God 419. Huh? So they want to enjoy in this realm. They will sneak in the night to go and drink booze. Then, if they are coming for fellowship, they buy like 62 tom-toms. Every one second, they put one. To curate the environment of their mouth. Beware of a brother that when you are talking to him, he's going back like this. <laughs> Beware. There is something he doesn't want you to discern. So, he knows if he stands too close to you, you will find out something. So, he has to... Say, bro, wait till the apple and say, I just love Jesus. <laughs> He's a suspect. So he can sneak in the night to drink alcohol. He can smoke one or two cigarettes. He can go to gambling houses. Then when pastor is talking about gambling that has become the master of our people's soul, he's looking at his brother. Here I am, but send my brother. He thinks he's not the one that they are speaking to because he has, his ticket has not caught. He has picked one or two. And he has even come to church to pay tight. So he's sitting down in church saying, The day you show me in the Bible that the Bible wrote, Thou shalt not gamble, is the day I will stop gambling. He has sold his soul to Satan. Sold his soul to Satan. So he thinks that in the secret places of his life, he can live anyhow he wants. Because he thinks that the goal of Christianity is that he will escape to heaven. That when he's about to die, he'll just quickly repent. And they say, I made it. What is the purpose of the Christian faith? I want you to write those two questions down. What is the purpose of the Christian faith? And what is the end of the Christian life? Two questions. I hope I can answer them tonight. What is the purpose of the Christian faith? And then what is the end of the Christian life? So Peter was trying to tell them that we are temporary residents in this world. Temporary residents. Now when you read through the Bible, you will find out that the first thing God does in the Bible is that he reveals his plan through what I call creation. 
So the Bible begins by telling us in the beginning God created what? The heavens and the earth. So God reveals his plan in creation. Now when you read through the creation story carefully, you will find out that after he created everything, he will, anything, he will come up with the conclusion that it was what? Good. After he created everything, he will come up with the conclusion that it is good. Then God now creates the epitome, his masterpiece, which is man. And then the Bible says he created a garden and then he put the man whom he had made eastward of the garden. Everything in that garden was designed to make man very what? Comfortable. Man did not need to work for food. Man did not need to kill himself over every, anything. The world that God created was without sin, it was without suffering, and it was without death. Perfect. Everything was work, working beautifully. And then all of a sudden, man decided to disobey God. And in that disobedience, the world that was perfect now became broken. The world that was perfect now became corrupted. Sin entered the world. Suffering entered the world. And death entered the world. The world became corrupted. Now, because God cannot be taken unawares, you now read things like in the Bible that the Lamb of God was slain before when? The foundations of the world. So, even in creation, God, knowing that Adam was not going to pass his test, he had another plan that is called redemption. So, the first purpose of God in creation was to guarantee that man could live with him. He created man to live with him and to share in his glory. How did he want man to share in his glory? He created man with a part portion of himself such that man would be able to connect with God. So he gave man a spirit. Man is just to live in the visible realm to host God. He's to contact God. He's to contain God. He's to express God. Man was supposed to be a physical representation and a physical expression of a God that is invisible. So when you see Jesus speaking to his disciples, he says, Tarry here until you be clothed with power from on high. He says to them in Acts chapter 1, he says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be what? Witnesses unto me. So that means your life is supposed to be a signpost pointing to Jesus. When we look at you, Paul says that you are supposed to be a living epistle, not a dead letter. A living epistle. An epistle that is alive. When we come into your space, we are supposed to recognize that you have met God. So the fragrance of heaven, we are supposed to smell it on your life. When you walk into a place, you should be a bearer of the burning lights that are before the throne of God. 
The same fires that are upon the altars in heaven are the same fires that are supposed to burn on your own life. But somehow, Adam sinned. And when Adam sinned, God's plan in eternity present is now what we call redemption. So in eternity past, God's plan is creation. In eternity present, God's plan is redemption. In eternity future, God's plan is consummation. Consummation. So if you look at the Bible carefully, you will find out that God's purpose, basically, is that he wants to have fellowship with man, and then he wants man to share his what? His glory. That's the purpose of God. So when Adam sinned in the garden, fellowship was broken, and the Bible says, all have sinned and done what? Falling short of what? His glory. He wanted man to share in his glory. That's why he created man the way he is. So in everything that God does, these are the two priorities in his heart. He wants us to live with him. He wants us to be partakers of his glory, his grace. He wants them to, wants the world, even creation, to look at man and marvel. What is man? Why is God so interested in this being? He says, Thou hast crowned him with what? Glory and honor. That's the purpose of man. So everywhere you go, you are supposed to be a bearer of God's glory. Somebody is asking, What is the glory of God? First of all, the glory of God is the manifest presence of God. The manifest presence of God. As the glory of God. Second thing is the beauty of God is the glory of God. The beauty of God is the glory of God. So for you to have the manifest presence of God and to express his beauty, then there are dimensions of God that rub off on you. So God rubs off on you and then you begin to bear his glory. That's the purpose of Christianity. What God wants to do with you in Christianity is to bring you back to what Adam was supposed to be, the original plan in eternity past. Where you live with him and where you can bear his glory. That's the purpose of Christianity. That's what God has in mind. So when the earth became corrupted, when man became corrupted, God at the end is going to restore the heavens and the earth to what man originally had. Okay, let's put it in scriptures. Oh, our screen is gone. Is that power or that something? Okay, so open your Bibles. We don't have time to wait. Open your Bibles. I have to go to my Bible now. Where do we start? Uh... Let me see. Matthew. Let me start at Matthew, if I can. Let me be sure. Or let me start at Matthew 16. If I can't find that scripture, I move to the next. 
No, that's not what I'm looking for. Okay. Let's go straight to Revelation 21. Revelation 21. Are you with me? Let's begin at verse 1. I'm reading the New King James. Now I saw what? A new heaven and a what? For the first heaven and the first earth are done what? Passed away. So this world in which we live as we know it is going to do what? Why does it need to pass away? Because it is corrupted. Are you with me? Adam's fall, Adam's disobedience led to a corruption in the earth and even in the heavens. So a new earth and a new heavens needs to be installed. So the old one is going to pass away. Next verse. He says, Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for who? Husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold! Notice now. The tabernacle of God is where? And he will do what? And they shall be what? God himself will be with them and be what? Are you seeing it? The tabernacle of God is now where? With men. That means in consummation, God is going to be restoring the plan and purpose he had originally where? In creation. Are you with me? He is now going to dwell with them. God wants to live with us. So when Adam sinned, the only way to be able to guarantee that you will make it to the new heaven and to the new earth is that God will first of all carry out a plan of redemption. He will redeem you from sin, redeem you from corruption, redeem you from the devil, take away the notice of death and the wrath of God over your head. Then once you have been redeemed, He's preparing you to dwell with him. Stay with me tonight. Oh. He's preparing you to dwell with him because you will be his people and he will be your God. But how are you going to dwell with him if you are not first of all separate? This is why when you get redeemed or when you begin to appreciate redemption because all of humanity has already been redeemed. When you get saved, when you appropriate salvation to your own life, God does not immediately take you from the earth. Are you with me? He leaves you here. Why does he leave you here? He's preparing you to be his people. He's preparing a family. To prepare you now, he now takes you through a process of sanctification. He has brought you out of the world, but he knows that the world is still in your heart. It's one thing for you to be out of the world. 
is another thing for the world to be out of you. So to bring the world out of you, he leaves you here. And he begins the process of separation. He's working on your appetite. If not, you will do like, no, like Noah. Who was brought out of the world, but the world was still deeply rooted in his soul. So all of mortality had died. But he still had capacity to get drunk. If God takes some of us to heaven like this, you will still be looking for comedy where they are doing, you are doing well, you are doing well. So he needs to deal with that appetite. You know some of you think that you are going to heaven to go and crack jokes. Some people are looking forward to heaven because they are, they are waiting to, to, to say my mansion is bigger than yours. Their goal of making it to heaven is that they want to walk on the streets of gold and say, boy, we made it, we made it. See me now, you know they see me. Their goal to get to heaven is to pose. The center of attraction has not become the, their motive for going to heaven. So they are not preparing to make it into the new Jerusalem to see God. They are just preparing to escape this world into comfort. They want to go and rest. They want to go and enjoy. See, person not go, they go walk. Thank God. And just to wake up and chop. Say, walk, don't tire me. That's how they encourage themselves. When, when they are with their colleagues in the office, they say, this walk, and the man not even the pastor. I say, don't worry, one day we'll go heaven. <laughs> For heaven, they're not the walk. Now just to the chop. See, can you imagine? I, go, I will just wake up and just pluck berries. Boy! <laughs> See, heaven goes sweet, die. Lazy man. He doesn't want to walk. He doesn't want to walk. Meanwhile, the center of attraction in heaven is not the fruits. It's not the peace of mind. It's that he will dwell with what? with them. You will see the one whom your heart loves. Nothing hidden. Nothing covered. What a beautiful ex expectation. What a beautiful expectation. So this is what God is trying to restore. But for him to do that, once he has redeemed, as he has redeemed man, when you come into salvation, he must now walk the world out of your heart. You cannot have been delivered from sin and still carry the desires and the passions of the world. Let's read further. Verse 4. And God will do what? Wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more what? Death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have what? Verse 5. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make how many things new? All things. And he said to me, Write! For these words are what? True and faithful. You know what that means? They are faithful. That means they will surely come to pass. <laughs> they will come to pass. He says, So shall the words be that proceed out of my mouth. They will not return to me void. But they will accomplish that for which I have spoken it and prosper therein. Verse 6. Verse 6. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life 
freely to whom? Him that does. Next verse. He who overcomes. Tap your neighbor. Say, say I will overcome. Oh no, you are not preaching it. Look at the next person and say, if you like, don't overcome. But me, I will overcome. I will overcome. The reason, I've taught you before, the reason he keeps using the word overcome is because in this world you have opposition. This broken and fallen world is designed to fight your relationship with God. The way Satan has built this world. Oh, you don't know Satan is in charge here? Okay, let's, let's deviate. Give me John 12, 31. John 12, 31. Okay, let's begin at, at 30, 30, 30. Jesus answered and said, I wanted you to see who was talking. That's why I said go to 30. This voice did not come for, because of me, but for your sake. Next verse. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Who is the ruler of this world? Satan. Give me 1 John 5 and verse 19. 1 John 5 and verse 19. 1 John 5 and verse 19. We know that we are of God and the world lies under the sway of who? The wicked one. The whole world is under Satan's dominion. Under his control. He's in charge. He's the prince of this world. That's who Satan is. So this world has its systems. Ephesians chapter 2. It speaks about the course. The, 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 the pattern, the principles, the purposes of this world. This world has its own pattern. Everything in this realm is designed to oppose your work with God. When they release a movie, it is designed to fight your intimacy. They are deliberate about it. That's why there are all kinds of nudity, all kinds of sexual things in the movie Satan has an agenda he has an agenda so if you don't know how to overcome Revelation says you will not be able to inherit all things and what Satan does is that he looks for your weakness he sees the things that you desire those are the areas he begins to work on. Those are the areas he builds a garrison. He builds a military outpost. And he consistently uses it to afflict your soul. To make sure that you never build anything solid with Jesus. This realm is designed to suffer you. Designed to make you feel as if Working with God is too much of a price to pay. Let me tell it to you for free. Any Christians, because the way I'm going to end this teaching, what I'm actually trying to talk about tonight is spiritual prostitutes. I'm coming. Hmm? And I want to show you three ways not to be a spiritual prostitute. That's what I want to do tonight. I'm just building. I've not even started teaching. I'm just trying to, to find myself. And I will show you that one of the ways not to be a spiritual prostitute 
is that you must be willing to endure pain. I will show you. Endure pain. This realm is designed to fight the Christian. This is why sanctification now becomes God's tool for bringing you deliverance and hope. Nobody accidentally becomes holy. No human being accidentally becomes holy. Every step you take every day must be in the direction of your separation from the things that this world has magnified. If you are not deliberate on a daily basis, you must begin to tell yourself, I can't watch this thing. I can't listen to this. I don't talk like that. I don't dress like that. Because the world has its own pattern and its own system. If you still look like the world, it means that sanctification has not been successful in your life. If the way you still pursue money is like the way unbelievers pursue money, there is something wrong with your heart. Your heart has been afflicted with an appetite and the problem with that thing is you will not be announced as an overcomer. In consummation, those that will be celebrated in eternity future, they will have a common identity. They are overcomers. That means the world threw its best arsenals at them, but they survived. They survived. I was telling them where I preached this morning. I have been tested many times. And I say it with all sense of humility. Satan knows that I can't commit adultery. It's not because I'm a strong man. Eh? I have something with the Holy Ghost. Daffy, if he tells me, run, I will not look back. I will not say, Levo Chabelle. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I will start running like a madman. I went to preach in Ugeli some years ago. And as I was just entering the hotel in the night, oh, that night was powerful. They had been waiting for me in that meeting since five o'clock. But I had to, I was still in a denomination then, and our senior pastor was arriving, so I had to be in Benin as part of the pastors, because if you don't appear, you will be disciplined. So I was there. By the time they finished that meeting, we drove like mad people to make it to Ugeli. So by the time I got to Ugeli, I think it was after eight or so, and the crowd was still there waiting. What I'm telling, for, telling you can be verified. Waiting. I just climbed the pulpit. And that thing that God releases on me just came. That meeting was dangerous. So by the time I finished, it was about past ten. So they carried me into the hotel. As we just entered the hotel, I just noticed the girl at the reception. Oh my God, she was glowing. Hmm. And then immediately I saw her, the warning alarms in my spirit went off. Pam. So I became very conscious. You know, as passengers enter a hotel now, 
She joined the protocol to carry my things and entered my room. As we were going, she just looked at me and said, Wow! Say, I like your gray hair. <laughs> Jesus. Ooh. I said, ah. <laughs> Satan is already late. Late. So I entered the room. She was just looking at me as I was talking to protocol. Say, um, what church do you pastor? Then I was in a denomination, so I said, I'm in so and so. You say, Kai. Say, I like pastors from that church, eh? I'm telling you a live story. I like pastors from that church. Then she said, I have problems I want to discuss with you. I said, no, not now. You know, she needs help. That's how some brothers have lost their oil. They tried to help a sister. A young man reached out to me and told me how he was struggling with masturbation. So he didn't see any brother in the fellowship to talk to. But there was a sister that was on fire. You know, there are some sisters when you see them praying, you think that angels live in their house. They have become portals for the angelic. So when he saw the sister, he said, Cut! He went and told her, I said, my beloved sister, strengthen the brethren. Say, masturbation wants to finish me. So she prayed with him. You know what happened after that? Every time he reports to her that he masturbated, they will pray. Then when they finish praying, they will fornicate. So she became his outlet for satisfying his loss. The thing had become a yoke on his neck. That's why he said, I need help now. And the first question I wanted to ask him is, so there was no brother in the church. You know when Satan wants to lead you in, the direction, in a wrong direction, he will give you excuses for your misnormal conduct. He say, I don't know why, as a sister, I'm not comfortable around other sisters. Say, I don't know why, I'm just, I like to share my heart. <laughs> With brothers. So her, her, her prayer partner is a brother. It will start normally. They'll be praying on WhatsApp. They'll pray for two hours and gist for three hours. Then one day the brother will say, The way you talk about God. Aish. Then before you know, they have drifted into things. They've started having conversations that when they finish having the conversation, their conscience will be pricked. But they won't stop. They won't stop because Satan wants to make sure that you don't build anything serious with God. So she told me, I have problems. I will come for counsel. I said, don't come. And she said, no, no, no. Don't worry. I will call you later to share my problems. So at exactly 12 a.m., I was already dozing. Because from Benin to that place, I was tired. I had moved in the spirit, so I needed to rest. I was dozing there. My phone intercom in the room rang. So with shock, I picked it. And it was her voice. She made sure that she had bent it into a melody. Oh, Velos. So can I come now? I said, to where? Ula <laughs> Marco. At 12 in the 12 a.m. in the to where? I said, don't come, don't come, don't come, don't come. I banged the phone. 
Immediately I went to the corner of the room. I took the wardrobe that was there. And I blocked the door. I don't know whether she has Becky. I blocked the door. Then I immediately reached out to a brother of mine and I said, Bro, pray for me now. I didn't sleep again. I lay down on the bed and I began to pray. Very usin man. If the eye wants to close like this, eh? As in a lie. Do I know whether she can come through the window? I I stayed awake. I prayed. I sent you a message, bro. I sent my wife a message. Say, see what did happen for Ogelio? You, you want to hide it? I had to call for backup. For support. I'm a man that has something with the Holy Spirit. There is nothing in this realm for which I want to trade it. You see, let me die unknown in worry. Let nobody announce my name in the nations of the world but when i appear in heaven i want angels to salute behold an overcomer satan did everything to stop him but he determined that i want to live with god forever that is my attraction in heaven not the streets of gold that the tabernacle of God will be announced that it dwells amongst men. And one on one I will be able to do business with the one whom my heart loves. There is no price too high to pay for that thing. No price. Satan knows what he is doing. Even work can become his distraction. That is why, when you are a Christian, even your job, your work, eh? when you are going to the office, you dedicate it to God. If it is not advancing the agenda of kingdom, then you must now begin to look for the next thing to do. Everything I do in this realm must have a kingdom dimension to it. That's why I'm a lecturer today. That's why I left the field. I left Escrabos to come and teach because the Lord told me I have sent you to the youth. It's my calling. What better place to find young people than in the campus? So now that I'm even tired, I go to work now, tired. My wife will tell you. I'm tired. But I know that I am there for a reason. There are many students that have graduated from my school. They still stay in touch with me till now. Because it was one encounter they had. And they had testimonies that they cannot deny. Some of them, the reason they love God the way they love God now is that they heard me talk. They heard me talk about Jesus. And they said, Kai, a man can love God like this. I will find God before I die. Go back to Revelation. What verse were we in? Seven. I think we are going to verse ten. Verse seven. Quickly, quickly, quickly. We are out of time. Go to verse eight now. And I will be his God and he shall be what? My son. So in consummation, Adam that was called the son of God and he derailed in his relationship with God, in consummation, sonship will be affirmed. So God's purpose is that 
we all should be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's God's purpose. The end of the Christian life is not that you prosper materially. Material prosperity is allowed in this kingdom. It's money we are looking for now to build a place where we can call our own. It's allowed. But what is not allowed is that material wealth should own your soul. That the priority of your life now becomes to make money. And yet your spiritual life is dying. Your work with God non-existent. And you think that it is okay to be like that. He says, I will be his God. And he will be what? My son. Ah, what a sweet relationship. Go to verse 8. But the cowardly. Listen now. The cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually moral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part where? In the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. Which is what? Secondary. The one I like the most about this scripture is that one called the cowardly. Some of you who follow news would have seen at the World Economic Forum a priestess that is called a shaman. She came before world leaders and was performing incantations. And she blew, blew into the atmosphere. And then she started going from one person to the other. World leaders. She hold, held their head like this and did, held their head like this. Held their head like this. Of all of them. Nobody complained. But let it be a Christian that comes there and says, Shabo Cobra. So say, don't bring religion here. The world has an agenda. <laughs> if you like, don't become bold and fearless. He said, the cowardly. If you like, don't wear your holiness with pride. Still be, still be trying to explain. Uh, uh, it's not that I cannot enter into religion. Do I owe you an explanation? See, be trying to make excuses. Don't become bold. Witchcraft is becoming bold on world stage. World stage. People were presenting their head. Go and look for the video. You will see it. World Economic Forum presenting her head for a, a priestess to blow like this. You, you are ashamed of your Christianity. In your office, they laugh at you and say, Holy, holy, you start to cry. <laughs> Wear your holy, holy with pride. It's the character and the nature of God. There are things I cannot think about. There are things that are abominations. They cannot be my appetite. If I find it there, when we were praying, you heard my brother say, if you find it there, you conduct an abortion. You put a sword of the word. You dig it out. You say you are a stranger. You don't belong here. How can I have been working with God for five years and I still think like this? There's something wrong. So he says, be not conformed to the world. But be you transformed. There's a renewal that needs to take place. Something transgenerational has to happen within your spirit. When you appear, they will know that this is the one that bears the mark of God. He's separate. He's different. She's distinct. 
she's not like everybody else in this last part i'm going to show you next week sunday why the christian is afraid of being different i will show you and this was israel's problem like i showed you last week that's why they became prostitutes they refused to separate themselves so they started prostituting with idols prostituting with strange gods now a christian may not go and bow down to oloku or bow down to miokuku sheshe but a christian has the idol of money has the idol of sex has the idol of fame has the idol of 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 tv of mobile phone idols litter our life we are prostituting over under strange trees bowing our heads to the god of this world israel was a spiritual prostitute you know what i talk where i sat down one day and i asked myself what did israel want that god could not give her eh? god was running after them as if he's, he's, he's a lover that does not have work to do they will turn their back on him and go and prostitute with idols. He will come after them with a love that does not die. Aye. No wonder Jeremiah said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. What did God not show them? He showed them power. He showed them mercy. He showed them love. He showed them grace. He showed them their future. See what I want to give you. Yet at the slightest opportunity, they go and prostitute with stick. Oh my God. Prostitute with wood. Prostitute with iron. A God that is not even a God in itself. How do you make something that you have to carry around? It doesn't have leg. It doesn't have a hand. You have to carry it. You are carrying your God around. You carry it. Some of you, your God is in your pocket. Some of you, you tie it on your waist. What a weak God. Our God is omnipotent. If you put me in the deepest pit of darkness, he's there. Omnipresent. There's nothing beyond his power. Nothing takes him unawares. I don't need to carry him. He carries me. He carries me. They reduce themselves to prostitutes. Go and read through scriptures. God begins to call them an adulterous generation. Give me Matthew, Matthew 16 and verse 4. Matthew 16 and verse 4. A wicked and what? Adulterous generation. Seeks after what? A sign. They came to him. They came to Jesus. Asking him to authenticate himself as the Messiah with a sign. And he said, I don't need to give you a sign. It is a wicked and adulterous generation that seeks after the sign. And no sign shall be given to, accept, to it except the sign of who? When he answered them like this, they left. Give me Philippians chapter 2. Give me verse 15. 15. 15. I think it's 15. 2.15. 
Give me NLT. Or else, let's read this first. Read, let's read New King James first. That you may become what? Blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a what? Crooked and what? Among whom you shine as what? Lights in the world. Give me NLT. That no one can criticize you. Live what? Clean. Innocent lives as children of God shining. Oh my God. Like bright lights in a world full of who? Crooked and perverse what? People. Those who serve Satan, they are crooked and they are perverse. So most of the time when you read, when I was asking all those questions, what was Israel looking for, Daphne? God fed them with manna in the wilderness. Their clothes grew on their body. Some people say, hey, it's because we are not seeing miracles. That's why people are not serious with God. People saw dangerous miracles. They still turned their back on God. In fact, the way they escaped from Egypt is a miracle you cannot... If, 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 if you don't know God, you will say, how did this thing happen? The Bible says that God did not just part the Red Sea. The water was hanging on the right. It was hanging on the left. So before men built aquariums, children were walking through and saying, see shark. Eh? The father will now say, oh God, they go. The Egyptians are behind and say, look at that fish with that nose. Fishes were swimming on the other side. But a presence had created a barrier. They could not break through. What miracle were they looking for? They saw dangerous dimensions of God. But at the slightest opportunity, they bowed to bow. They committed adultery with Ashtaroth. And the Bible did not spare them. He named them spiritual prostitutes. He said, you prostitute with strange gods in the high places, under trees. Spiritual prostitutes. And you see, while I meditated on today's teaching, the Lord told me, your generation is beginning to look like that. Imagine a Christian saying that he will not marry unless he cohabits with a sister. You don't know who a Christian is. A Christian is separate. If we find the world thinking in your head, there's something wrong with your sanctification. We don't act like the world. We don't live like the world. The world is full of what? Crooked. And what? There's a perversion that has consumed this age. If you know what homosexuality is doing now, if you know what sexual immorality is doing now, some Christians can do anything for money. Anything. And, and, and if there was a word that was worse than anything, I will use it. No, do anything. A young lady was telling me a story that she, she, she's about to go to school. In her church, she looked at ministers that can help. So she sent a message to a minister. This man said, meet me at so-so-so hotel. So she went there to meet him. They were in the bar, sitting down. And then when they finished talking, he said, I'm ready to give you the money. How much do you need? She said, so-so-so amount. He said, I'll give it to you, but let's go upstairs first. He said, Daddy, can't you give me the money here? He said, no, let's go upstairs. A minister. 
she sits in the congregation and sees him climb, climb pulpit. Then when he climbs pulpit, he says, the Holy Ghost is here. And the girl will shake her head and say, you, you. Strange cravings. Prostitutes everywhere. We can't pledge allegiance to God. We are willing to bow our head to the gods of this world. And that is why the dimensions of God that we have been crying for as a generation, we have not seen it. I came to warn a generation. If we don't become holy, we will not see the glory that our father saw. If we don't separate ourselves and say it is to the death, I am with Jesus. In plenty, I'm with him. When there's not enough, I'm with him. When my body is doing me somehow, I will not look for something outside the law of God to satisfy it. I will stay with Jesus. I will stay with Jesus. It's when I began to look at Israel and I found out that many times the reason they will go down to Egypt or go down to strange gods is that they were looking for political security. When they needed political help, they were willing to to join forces with people God called abominations. Sometimes they did it for social acceptance. Say, and before they say we don't like people. Oga, what we owe the world is love. We don't owe them fellowship. Love all men. But I can't be intimate with all men. Men should know that you have standards. You want to marry your you are, you, are, you, are, you are admiring a, a, an unbeliever. Say, look at his side bones. The boy fine, shy. It's just that he doesn't know God. Auntie, a man that doesn't know God is not fine. The first thing you look for when you are trying to build fellowship is compatibility. Can two walk together except they be in agreement? <laughs> You will marry fine face and find out that that fine face, when she gets angry, like I was telling them on Thursday, she's vengeful. She doesn't forgive. <laughs> when you say, my darling, I'm sorry, you say, no challenge. <laughs> she will now put sniper inside your camo. The anger is such that until she has satisfied her vengeance, she won't stop. Is when you are dying now. She now say, "Hey, I love you. I love you. I'm sorry, but you have died." You will now know that if two shall walk together, they must first of all have the same father. Must be born again. He say, "What fellowship does have light have with darkness?" How not to be a spiritual prostitute? Maybe I'll just give them to you. I said I don't want to keep you late tonight. And then we'll build from there next week. I will deal with the scriptures next week. I will just give you the scriptures so that you can study. Oh, you are brighter than the sun. You are beautiful. Darkness flees before your light. You are holy. You are holy. Aye. 
you are brighter than the sun Jesus you are beautiful darkness flees before your light you are holy you are holy uh, you are brighter than the sun you are beautiful darkness flees before your light mm. you are holy eh. you are holy ah, yeah. I, you are brighter than the sun mm. you are beautiful darkness flee before your light mm. you are holy you are holy Shekinah, Shekinah, glory. Shekinah, glory. Shekinah, glory. You are holy. You are holy. Eh. Shekinah, glory. Shekinah, glory. recognize who he is. He's brighter than the sun. He's beautiful. Darkness flee before his light. Why? He's holy. He's holy. How not to be a spiritual prostitute? Let me give you three steps. We continue that next week. Number one, remember who you are and to whom you belong. Remember who you are and to whom, what, you belong. Don't suffer from an identity crisis. Remember who you are and to whom you belong. If you remember, you will not bow to Baal. You will not worship Babylon. You will not sell your soul to Ashtaroth. The scriptures we'll look at next week, we'll look at Okay, I've already read those scriptures. Why? Because Satan rules this world. John 12, 31. 1 John 5, 19. Babylon has her own principles, has her own patterns. If you forget who you are, you will be governed by another God. Don't suffer from identity crisis. Number three. Be prepared to suffer pain on account of your convictions. Be prepared to suffer pain on account of your convictions. What scripture are we going to look at? Matthew 18 verse 8 to 9. 
Matthew 18, verse 8 to 9. Be prepared to suffer pain on account of your convictions. Last not least, last not least, be determined to grow. If you will not be a spiritual prostitute, be determined to grow. To grow spiritually. And what scripture are we going to look at? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 11. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 11. So number one, don't suffer from identity crisis. Know who you are and to whom you belong. Number two, be prepared to suffer pain for your convictions. Be prepared. Number three, be determined to grow spiritually. Be determined to grow spiritually. If you put these three principles to work, you will not, you will not prostitute spiritually. Unholy desires will not have a resting place in your soul. You will rise above the corruption of your age and you will shine so brightly the light of our Savior. Bow your heads wherever you are. The prayer I want you to pray is the prayer that we pray during crossover. Ask the Holy Spirit, help me. Beg him now. Holy Spirit, help me. Help my appetites. Help my desires. Help me, Holy Ghost. If you don't feel like praying, it's okay. I don't want to keep you long tonight. We've been closing after seven every Sunday. I want, to, I want us to close on time tonight. Beg him now. Help me, Holy Ghost. I want to be an overcomer. It is he that overcomes. The Bible says he will inherit all things. Wherever you are, pray now. I want to give you just five minutes. Open your mouth and pray. Choir, sing that song. You are brighter than the sun. You are brighter than the sun. You in the congregation, don't sing. You are beautiful. Darkness flees before your light. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. You are beautiful. You are you. You are brighter than the sun. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. Darkness flees before your light. Darkness flees before your light. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. You are brighter than the sun. You are brighter than the sun. You are beautiful. Darkness flee before your light. Darkness flees before your light. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. You are brighter than the sun. You are brighter than the sun. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. Darkness flee before your light. Darkness flees before your light. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. Second Holy, you are holy, you are holy. Shekina, Shekina, Make sure you are praying. Shekina, every holy ghost. You are holy, you are holy. Every 
you lost your grace in the spirit you lost the gift of god is being restored right now people are being anointed again the lord says i should say to a young man sam said your hair will grow again sam said your hair i see some ladies the lord is anointing you with fresh oil you will feel the oil like fire from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet you will know it's an anointing it's an anointing it's an anointing with fresh oil Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, you are brighter than the sun, you are brighter than the sun, you are beautiful, you are beautiful, that let sleep before your light, sleep before your night. you are holy, you are holy, you are holy, you are holy. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. Darkness flee before your light. Darkness flees before your light. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. You are brighter than the sun. You are brighter than the sun. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. Darkness flee before your light. Darkness flees before your light. You are Oh, you are holy, you are holy, you are holy. 